the health and wellness world is full of conflicting information, old research, and one-size-fits-all dogma that leaves people feeling lost, confused, pissed off, and frustrated. I'm here to help you solve the complex world of nutrition one conversation at a time by breaking down complex yet helpful concepts into easy-to-understand pieces with actionable tips and tricks. I'm your host, Kate Kroll. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and truth seeker. I've worked with hundreds of clients over the last five years, and I'm so excited to share my knowledge and resources with you. Aside from nerding out on nutrition and empowering others to take charge of their own health, I'm also obsessed with entrepreneurship, self-improvement, sustainability, and living a life full of intention and authenticity, all of which we'll toss into our conversations here on the podcast. So sit back, grab a cup of your favorite kombucha, and let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to episode 18 of the podcast. Today I have my admin, Kelsey, alongside with me, and we are doing something different for the first time. We're doing a Q&A style podcast episode where I reached out to you guys on Instagram to uh, ask me any questions that you have about nutrition, business, and clients, and setup, and education, and all of those things, and we have a shit ton of questions to go through today. Um, so Kelsey, thanks for, thanks for standing in and asking me everyone's questions. Yeah, definitely. This will be fun. Hell yeah. Let's go. Let's go. What do we got? I haven't really looked at these two in depth, so we're completely on the fly. Yep. Let's do it. Okay. So the biggest, most popular question was how do you start? Um, so we had someone that said they are starting the NTA. NTA program in September, hmm. where do you start when graduating? Well, first you focus on being a freaking student while you're <laughs> not to be an asshole, but I think that's one of the biggest things that people get like shiny object syndrome, especially with social media these days where they kind of see business in the nutrition world being done in this, like in this box. And they think like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. So I'm going to go through the certification as fast as I can. And then I'm going to you know, start up my business and it's going to be like dot, 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 dot. Like, no, that's not how it goes. Um, at least if you go that route, you're going to be very stressed out, probably feel a little misaligned and have a lot of hiccups along the way. So my top suggestion on that specific person's question is like, when you're a student, be a student, try to learn as much as you possibly can be committed to learning while you're learning. And then you know, if you have some brainstorming ideas or thoughts about business, keep a Google Doc, keep running ideas going, but I would not make building your business be the main focus while you're learning. Um, you know, I think what's allowed me to be really successful in my business is that I, I know a lot, I'm capable of helping people a lot, and, you know, our referrals and the success of our business kind of speaks for itself because of the education and the experiences that I've had as a practitioner. So um, yeah, I think everyone's kind of intimidated by the entrepreneurial side of things, which is totally normal. And I definitely was, and I still am at times, but I think it's really, really important to be a student while you're a student and just enjoy that time while you have it because things get completely insane as soon as business kicks off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so once they've been a student and they've finished well are we ever finished being students never really um what is one piece of advice that you would give someone that's just getting started with their business 
Yes. Um, well, the first thing, a little plug for us, I suppose, we have a free guide on my website that is all about getting your nutrition business started. It's all of the basics. I've spoken at NTP um, workshop weekends to entire classes about these resources. It's things that I use to get my own business started. Things like how to set up your LLC, how to set up your business bank account, like literally how to get started. So all that information is there on the website. You can just go to katecurl.com and scroll down like midway through the homepage. And there's a free download of like how to start your nutrition business. So lots of helpful information there. But I would say another awesome resource is Jessica Pantermule. She runs the, oh, what is it called? I forget the specific name of it, but I know she's got the holistic um, Holistic Entrepreneur Association, and she runs like educational programs along with the NTA. Um, I think it's an eight-week program. It's almost like a business boot camp to just kind of get you up and running and started. And I believe the NTA offers discounts if you enroll into that program along with your NTP certification and that program. Um, so I would say if you're like brand new to business, don't know where to start, that's an unbelievable opportunity. Um, Lexi, who's an NTP on our team, actually went through that and said it was super, super helpful if you're like brand new and don't know where to start, not sure what to do. Um, so that would be my biggest suggestion. And I know I just spewed out a bunch of resources, but in terms of like practical things, um, I think one of the most important things is to just ask yourself what you want out of your own business. There's too many people, and I did this at the beginning too, where you just really focus outwardly on like, what do my clients want? How can I show up for other people? How can I do this? How can I do that? And I never took the time to ask myself what I wanted out of my business until last year after like on and off burnout for four years. And then I took like eight months off and really aligned with my vision, the lifestyle that I wanted, the kind of money that I wanted to make, the amount of people that I wanted to help, the kind of team that I wanted to build. And now I have that. And I'm so grateful that I've taken the time to think about what I wanted. So I think there has to be an element of selfishness while you're thinking about building your business that should absolutely be part of the planning process. Because if you're not at your best, there's absolutely no way that you're going to have the energy and the drive to help and support so many other people in such an intimate and deep way like this work is very draining it's also very filling but it's like i mean you're just you're pouring into other people constantly so i think you absolutely have to make sure that you know what you want out of your business before you get started so i think there's you know there's a lot of different things to take into consideration when getting started on like a personal level in a practical sense when it comes to like, you know, things we just talked about, LLC, you know, website, are you gonna be on social media? Do you wanna be in person? Like, how do you start building those things out? So I think laying the framework of what the ideal situation looks like for you first is most important and then start weaving in those practical, those practical pieces as well. Yeah, along that line, someone asked, um, is it necessary to niche to be successful? Um, they're stuck in between the intuitive eating and holistic healing. Yeah, I actually think that niching out is absolute bullshit when you're first starting. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there really bluntly. 
Um, the reason why I say that is because how the hell do you know what you're good at and what you love if you haven't even done it yet? And yes, from a marketing standpoint, if you're niched out, you can market yourself better. You can stand out better. You can do all of these things better. But to the same extent that I mentioned before, we're like, when you're a student, be a student. When you're building your business, build your business. Like, I think it's really important that while you're figuring out what you love, you're giving yourself the time and space to learn and understand what do you actually enjoy? So I think you know, a lot of people who are going through different nutrition programs, certification programs, licensure, whatever, um, there's a lot of pressure to like figure it all out before you get started. And I, just from personal experience, like I dealt with digestive issues, um, all sorts of different stuff. And I always loved digestion from the start, but I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do. I actually, at the beginning, of my career with nutrition was in global public health. And I thought that I was going to be living internationally for forever. And then I got into NTP and then I thought that I was going to be doing corporate wellness. Like I literally have an audio saved on my phone of like, Hey, so I'm going through NTP and I'm recording this for myself in the future. And I'm planning on starting a corporate wellness company. And it's going to be like this and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Like it ended up not working out and I'm so grateful because I don't know, it's just not what I ended up really wanting. And I wouldn't have known the path that I'm on now if I hadn't just taken action. So all of this to say, you know, it's helpful if you know what your niche is, if you're going into things and you're like, yes, this is what I want to do. I absolutely freaking love it. But if you're not sure, like 90% of people just start working with people, just get experience, just get clients. Um, I always say that like, you know, the first 12 clients you work with, you're going to feel awkward. You're going to be nervous. It's going to be uncomfortable. But once you break past that barrier and you get into like the hundreds of clients, you really start to figure out like what works, what doesn't, what you love, what you don't love, things that you'd rather not, you know, work on. So yeah, long answer to the question, but I think that, you know, niching out is great if you know what that is. And if you don't like, don't put that pressure on yourself. There's so much pressure that we put on ourselves immediately coming out of nutrition programs. So like just focus on learning, getting the experience, working with clients, and then move on from there. So for me, my niche has been, you know, has transformed, it has changed, it has grown. Um, and it largely comes back to digestive health and detoxification. And that's just kind of been the main vein through everything that I've done. But it wasn't like this you know, huge goose chase of like, this will be my niche and I will make it work because I think that this is what it should be. Again, going back to like, what do you want your business to look like? You know, I think too many of us put ourselves in boxes and niching out too early when you're not sure can be super stressful. And then you're afraid to change it. You're afraid, you know, you've got to rebrand, you've got to whatever. So I like to keep things wide and then narrow it in as you become more certain about what you really love and enjoy. And you really only get that from experience. So. Yeah, makes sense. Um, what was the hardest part for you to overcome in order to start taking clients? Um, all of the normal things, imposter syndrome, feeling like, oh my God, do I know enough? Like, is anyone going to sign up and work with me? How do I organize this shit? Like, how am I going to get this information? Oh my God, I have to create a million resources and everything has to be branded perfectly. Like all of the normal things that I'm sure everyone else is thinking about, I thought about. And 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all nerve wracking. And to the same extent, I used to get this question all the time and maybe this will come up today, but I had a lot of people in the past that were like, how were you not afraid? Like, how did you do it? Like I was fucking afraid. Like I still get afraid. And Kelsey knows this because she's in the back end of my business. Like there's still things we're figuring out. There's still things that we're tweaking. There's still things that we're changing. So I think like the biggest thing to get over is like, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. It's not about like, Ooh, you know what? I actually left a note on my phone because I heard this quote on a podcast that Stu and I were listening to when we were driving to Steamboat and I loved it. It's from Chamath. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's like a billionaire. He's this guy that Stu listens to all the time. If anyone's interested in listening to this podcast, it's called the all in podcast and it's fascinating but he said it's not about winning or losing it's about trying and learning and i love that so much it's so important so i think if you can change your mindset about what it actually means to get started and just to go into it with a mindset that like you're just you're trying and you're learning it takes the pressure off you're way more likely to just get started and see what you can do and i you know for me to some extent i have an advantage from a mental mindset standpoint, because I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and so did my husband. And I just have surrounded myself with entrepreneurs um, just by nature of what I do. So I think I'm lucky that I'm surrounded by that mindset. So I think when you're not, it can be challenging to, to kind of embody that and take that on. But I would just really focus on the mindset around what you're doing and just just get started. You have to start somewhere. I mean, like my first website was ugly as shit. My first client protocols were like, I don't even want to go back and look at them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I actually haven't ever gone back and look at them. So maybe we should, maybe we should do that at some point, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you get over that hurdle and then how, how do you get your first few clients? Um, we had a few people that were asking, um, how do you get clients locally or how did you get clients locally other than social media? Um, but kind of both online and in person. Yeah. So the way that my business started was, and if you guys want to listen to my story, it's completely freaking insane. Um, Stu and I moved out to Colorado five years ago with $15,000 in our back pockets and no jobs. Um, so if you want the details on that story, you can listen to the very first episode of this podcast because our, our journey of getting to where we're at is like actually insane. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I can't believe we, we made it. We did it. Like, I don't feel like I've ever quote unquote made it. Like we're still figuring it out and making it. But the fact that we're like financially stable and have businesses that function is kind of mind boggling to me at times when I reflect back on like where we came from. <laughs> um, so you can check out that episode, but anyway, um, yeah, getting first clients, like for me, when we first moved out to Colorado, again, I didn't know anyone um, and everyone that I knew was back East. And so I kind of got pigeonholed into having to have my business online. That was never my plan. I always wanted a physical space, but we couldn't afford it. And I didn't know anyone. I was like, even if we had the money to open this place up, freaking no one's coming in here because I don't know anyone and I knew nothing about marketing. So yeah, I mean, for me, I ended up just reaching out to people who I knew from back east, back from where I'm from, people that were at the CrossFit gyms that I went to in college and in high school, um, friends, you know, friends of friends, family members. Those were probably like the first 10 to 12 clients that I had. 
And then as soon as I got that experience, I ended up being more confident because I was like, oh, I do know a lot. I know way more than I thought that I did. People need a lot of help. Like you just kind of learn more about like, I don't know, just you have more confidence. And I think that allowed me to feel more confident in the Denver community. And something that Stu and I did when we first moved out here, and I think anyone should be doing if they're trying to integrate into a new niche or a new business or new network or whatever is to just get coffee with people. I ended up like looking up online and reaching out to acupuncturists and functional medicine doctors and other people in health and wellness that I found on Instagram or I Googled and I was like, hey, I'd love to get coffee with you. I'm new to the area. I'm a new nutritionist. I'd love to pick your brain. I'd love to hear your story. And the great thing about taking people to coffee is like one, it's relatively cheap and two people love talking about themselves and they're always happy to have a connection so that was a really great way for me to kind of get ingrained in the you know holistic wellness community in Denver um and then yeah I mean clients just kind of stem from that then people you know you're on top of mind for other people you get invited to events and you know, everything just kind of stems from that. So I think it's really important to note that like you have to put yourself out there. Um, you know, a lot of getting business started in my mind and what I've personally experienced and the way that I've gone about building things is like, it's just a lot about discomfort. Like I've gotten really comfortable with being uncomfortable and it's kind of like ripping the bandaid off. And once you do that, it just gets easier and easier to do. And you kind of like, grow and plateau with your discomforts. Like at the beginning for me, like I was terrified to call people and ask them to coffee because I thought they'd say no. Or I was terrified when I had a new prospective client to have a 20 minute discovery call to try to convert them into a client because I thought they'd say no. Like I would shake. I literally would shake on my discovery calls with new clients. Like it was terrifying. Like I was fucking terrified, but then you do it and you prove to yourself that you can do it, you prove to yourself that you can get clients and you're like, fuck yeah, you know, add that to the bucket of things that you can feel really good about and feel confident about and move on from there and just keep stacking those wins and learning along the way. And, um, you know, you plateau, like right now I'm plateaued with like feeling very confident with discovery calls, very confident with getting coffee, very confident with events and like I'm uncomfortable with other things at this point but they're totally different things than I was uncomfortable with at the beginning like what's that saying like things don't get things don't get easier you just get better or something like that I, I forget what that is exactly but something to that extent is what I would throw into the bucket here on this topic yeah and if I can even add something like I know I'm in like a mid-sized college town community and really involved in my community. But I would suggest like even, you know, your local chamber of commerce, like they have networking events. Yeah. I go to those a lot and I can't think of anyone in my community that does any sort of health and wellness that goes to those. And that would be like the jackpot of all, like finding people that either want to, you mentioned corporate wellness, like if they're small business owners and they want to have something for their team members or like, it's just kind of thinking outside of the box that you wouldn't normally, you know, I think in the medical and like nutrition field, we don't really think about networking, but like, it's a big part of it and people around you in your own communities, like you could get so many local uh, clients by just kind of being seen and like people when they trust you then they want to work with you so 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to be, you have to be out there. You want to be top of mind when people are thinking of like, oh man, I got these gut issues. Like who should I go to? Oh, that's right. I got coffee with this person and they told me about this. And then, you know, like, and I think at the beginning, like I felt uncomfortable positioning myself as an expert in the field of nutrition. Cause at first it was like, am I though? Do I really know this stuff? And again, like imposter syndrome is real and you just work through it and you keep showing up. And then eventually you are an expert in the field and you feel that, and you know that, and you've helped all these people. I mean, that's the point where I'm at, where I'm like, hell yeah, I know I can heal people's digestive systems or help them in the journey towards healing. Um, because I've seen it, like I have helped, gosh, I had a client early on who had Crohn's and came to me and was like, I want to get pregnant. I'm getting married. I'm on all these meds. I don't know what to do. I'm so sick of these issues. And by naturally supporting her body, things flipped. And like, you have those small wins along the way. I mean, big wins, honestly, with clients. And you're like, oh fuck, this shit works. Like I, I do know what I'm doing. I can't help a lot of people. And then you have those experiences, you network more, you are more confident. Like it is really this, it's a journey of breaking past those things and kind of creating a space for yourself and not just doing it for other people, but doing it for yourself so that you're confident in your own self about the things that you're doing. But yeah, I think the networking piece is absolutely massive. I think Chamber of Commerce is a great route to go. Stu did that with real estate when we first moved out here. Um, another thing that I think would be really helpful, just like a, a practical tip and trick is check out BNI. BNI stands for Business Networking International. They're networking groups that are all over the country. You can find them easily in your area. So I think once you get finished, like go on BNI, join a chapter, show up. Um, Every chapter runs a little bit differently, but usually you show up, everyone goes around, does an elevator pitch. You talk about referrals. Like it's literally just like a built-in referral network. And um, the group itself, there can only be one person per industry per group. So if you're a part of a group and there's already, you know, like you'd be the only nutritionist in that group is what I'm trying to say. So, I mean, that's, that's a great way to get started too. Like, I think there's too many people that are just like, I don't know, I'm not sure. Oh my God, what was me? Like pull your head out of your ass and be resourceful and start thinking about things. Like there's endless opportunity to get connected, to get clients, to, to do things. I think a lot of us are just scared and that fear is very real and I have felt it and I still feel it, but you have to like, you know, the only way to shut that up is to take action. Like you're not gonna not be afraid by logically thinking your way through it. Like, tell me a time that you've logically thought your way through something that you're terrified of. Like never, that's just not how our brains work. We have to actively go prove ourselves wrong or prove ourselves right by, by working through that shit. So I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and then in, in that aspect, like with marketing yourself, um, how do you, what do you suggest doing uh, the best way to do that, both online and in person? I mean, that we kind of talked about that, it overlaps a little bit, but. Yeah, um, I think we need to stop being so damn sheepish about what we do. I can't tell you how many people like, that are in the holistic space that are like, oh, it's just like not that big of a deal or like we talk it down or we're afraid to charge for what we do. And like, no, like what we offer is valuable. We are changing people's lives. We are helping them. This work is important. Um, so like 
be confident in what you do and don't be afraid to bring it up. Like, I guarantee you, like, gosh, I don't even know. I'm trying to like think of a good example of this. Like, well, first and foremost, figure out how the hell you're going to talk about yourself and what you do in front of other people. That was something that really was challenging for me when I first got started. So even just saying like, I'm a holistic nutritionist. My certification is in nutritional therapy practitioner. I went through the NTA program. I've gone on and done other certifications like restorative wellness solutions and blood chem labs and all sorts of different things. And I help people naturally balance their body systems with properly prepared nutrient dense whole foods and lifestyle changes and supplements if necessary. Boom, there's my elevator pitch. Yep. Had slight, slight differences. And then people are like, oh my God, that's so interesting. Tell me more. And oh, well, you know, most of my clients are women, 24 to 34, dealing with digestive issues. They're sick of, you know, being on medications. They've gone the doctor route. They want to heal naturally. They come to me. I help them rebalance things, you know, whatever. Like just have a conversation with someone. Like these things don't have to be pressure filled and complex and challenging. And so I think the more we get confident in what it is that we're doing and how we're helping people and we have proof of that, it's easier to talk about it. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I was never afraid. Like I was fucking so uncomfortable. Like I have, I have an uncle who's in medical sales. That's like very, you know, just medical minded. And I remember the first time I sat down and we were talking about heartburn and he's on Prilosec and all these things. And I was like, well, you know, like heartburn's actually not caused by too little stomach acid. It's not caused by too much. It's caused by too little. And he was like, what? That doesn't make sense. And I was like, oh, you know, nervous, shaking, like trying to explain to him the anatomy and physiology of what actually goes on in the GI tract. Like, and now I'm not nervous to talk about that shit. So I just want to make a point that like, I have been through the seasons of being terrified and freaked out and you just push through it and you do it and you talk about it. So I think in terms of getting referrals, like this all kind of plays back into everything we've already been talking about, but like, don't be afraid to be confident in what you do and the way that it helps other people and be proud, be proud of the way that you're able to help other people and that the knowledge that you have is important. Um, I also think it's super important to not be better than thou of like, well, you eat standard American diet well, I eat organic and you should know, like, I totally had this attitude when I came out of NTP of like, I know best, I know better, I know the way that's gonna help everyone. And I had a huge attitude with my family, especially like my, my immediate family, like my parents, my brother. And I was like, these idiots don't even know. Like I was so annoyed. And I think that another important piece of being able to, you know, get referrals, pitch yourself, have conversations with people is to just be humble about the fact that like, not everyone wants to change. Not everyone needs to change. You're not going to convince everyone that they need to take better care of themselves. It's not your job to do that actually. You know, it's our job to help people who are ready to be helped and want change. Um, and also remember the fact that like, you were that son of a bitch eating some shitty Pop-Tarts one day, not too long ago as well. So like get off the high horse and realize that like, um, you know, and I, I'm speaking about myself here. Like I grew up eating all sorts of shit and all sorts of crazy stuff. It took me two years to stop eating gluten because I wasn't convinced. And I thought that it was dumb and I'd be like, I don't eat gluten. And then my roommates would order pizza and I'd be like, well, I eat gluten today. Like, 
<laughs> it was a, it was a challenging transition and so i think we all need to just keep in mind our own journeys in health while we approach other people about it and then just realize like you're just speaking to another human being who's curious about what you do and wants to learn and is interested um and to just like one thing that I think is important is like whoever's in front of you, just love that person, speak to them directly. Um, but like in terms of marketing and stuff, yeah, I mean, online, I feel like there's so many tools for online marketing. We can get into the nitty gritty of this if there's like specific questions, but I think a lot of this just comes from like confidence, experience, you know, approaching things with an open heart and with a lot of love and like genuinely wanting to help people and not just wanting to tell people how they're wrong. I've had to learn those things along the way, but um, yeah, long answer to that question. But there's just, there's so much that goes into like all of these questions that people have. Yeah, no. Um, so someone asked if they are starting out um, and they're not accepting one-on-one -on -one clients in the beginning, what's the best way to start their business? to accept one-on-one -on -one clients in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to learn. Um, think about like a personal trainer. Like, would you go to a personal trainer who didn't have like a track record that showed that they can actually help people before they're selling huge programs? Like, I'm not going to that personal trainer. I'm not gonna like buy their course if they have no results and they don't know how to help people and they're just like jumping straight into a program. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, I'm maybe a little brash, but I feel like what has made me a very successful practitioner is that I love keeping at least one foot in the one-on-one -on -one world and having a pulse on like, what are people going through? How are they experiencing it? How do they feel about it? What are their problems? Like, where are the pain points? What can we do about it? And what types of protocols are actually working? What roadblocks do we run into? What do people really need? I will say that all of the online programs that I have run have been super successful because of my experience with one-on-one -on -one clients and because of my experience and understanding the pain points and the challenges that people go through. So that's just my personal opinion and my personal experience. I can't imagine going through NTP coming out and then just wanting to jump into like not having one-on-ones you learn so much because things come up in those consults where you're like, I don't know, people ask you questions and you're like, holy shit, I don't, I don't know. And you literally have to tell people like, that's a great question. I'm actually not sure I'm going to have to look into that and get back to you. And then the time that you take because you're fucking stressed out and sweating because you didn't know the answer to something because you're new and you think you should know everything. And then you are like traumatized and you have to search this shit and then you figure it out. Like, you're not going to forget those moments when you're like, oh my God. Susie asked me this shit and I didn't know it and I had to look it up and like now I'm not going to forget that stuff like those things will stick in your mind. It makes you a better practitioner. It makes you a better practitioner to work with. Um, and I think being able to humbly say like, I don't know, is like a really important skill to have in this field because we don't know everything. I don't know everything. It's always, you know, learning in process. But yeah, um, so I would highly suggest working with one-on-one -on -one clients at some point when you're first getting started. The only way that I would envision something outside of one-on-one -on -one dynamic working at the start is if you're creating an educational platform. If you're literally taking the things that you've learned 
from NTP or whatever other course you went through and you're just like, I loved what I learned and I want other people to learn this, then, you know, from that educational, like, you know, above the trees, like not into the weeds, but like above the trees, overarching information, if you want to get that out to the public, I think that's the only way that I would envision that type of information straight out of a program being helpful. But if you're like, I want to create a 30 day gut healing program, and like, you've actually never worked with anyone, and you don't really know what works, and you're regurgitating information from the program you went through, you're going to have a hard time, your confidence level is going to be low. Um, like, I just, I think there's so many good things to come from one-on-one -on -one clients. So that would be, that would be my suggestion. Yeah. How long do you continue to work with a non-compliant client? Not that long these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, gosh, I mean, you kind of go through waves with this stuff, right? And like at the beginning, I had so many clients that were in compliant that pissed me off, but it was like, I thought I, you know, they committed to me, so I'm going to commit to them. I'm going to show up for these people. But it gets to a point where like, if you're constantly showing up for these people and they're not even showing up for themselves, like, fuck that. I mean, I'm at the point where now I think just like the way that I convey things and my attitude and uh, I mean, I definitely have an attitude with this work because... <laughs> I guess I just have an attitude, but I feel like you either want to help yourself or you don't. And when clients come to me, it's not my responsibility to get them to want something that they aren't ready to jump into yet. Um, I think this, you know, this work from a holistic natural standpoint is challenging. It's the long game. It's long-term. It's not a quick fix. It takes, you know, three to six to 12 months for things to flip for a lot of people. And so non-compliant clients are extremely infuriating. So for me, like we have a vetting process with clients. We have initial calls, we have initial intake forms that are separate from like our actual intake forms. Like I'm vetting clients and our team is like kind of like crazy before they actually commit. And then they've got a price point to commit to. They've got, you know, potential labs to run and commit to if they want to do that. Like our clients that we're working with know what they're getting into before they sign up for it. So I think setting the expectations from the beginning will weed out shitty clients that are not going to be compliant. And especially if you position yourself to have an attitude of no bullshit, you're going to attract clients that will expect no bullshit and they will want that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the beginning, I had non-compliant clients for like a month to three months and it was like the biggest energy drain of my life. And so I'm now at the point where like, if we end up having someone on a discovery call where I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a drain or like, I don't feel confident with this person. I think we should refer out. Like, I think trying to get ahead of that is ideal, but if you're in your beginning years of your business and you're working with someone and you're just like, man, this is not working. Like my personality type is to have a direct conversation with that person. And not everyone feels comfortable with that, but my move and what I've done previously in the past is like, Hey, Susie, um, you know, we've been doing this for the last three months. We've run through your protocol X amount of times. And I understand it's really challenging to implement new health behavior. Like I have a hard time with that myself, you know, and I think I'd have the conversation with this person first and foremost of like, Hey, you haven't taken your supplements for like a month. Like what's going on? Like, can I, how can I help you? Like, why is this not happening for you? So, I mean, I would want to try to find the roadblocks see if there's a way to work through it. And if you've gone down that rabbit hole with the client, 
already and like it's still not working, I would just have a blunt conversation with them about like, hey, like I can only help you to the extent that you can help yourself. And if you're not at the point, you know, I think we need to take a break or I'd be happy to refer you out to, to another practitioner and just like set that line. So firing clients is a very real thing. Um, again, I mentioned this at the beginning, but protecting your own energy and knowing what you want out of your business is huge before you even get started. Um, cause it'll hopefully, you know, hopefully mitigate some of these, some of these challenges. But I do also think that dealing with non-compliant clients and going through the process of like firing clients along the way is just part of the stripes that you earn while you're building your business, unfortunately. And that's what, you know, having gone through that is what gives me my confidence now to be like, nope, we're not dealing with that shit. Like I'm no bullshit when it comes to this type of work. And, you know, thankfully we got a lot of clients that are also no bullshit, which is amazing. So it's all reciprocated. And as you're working with clients and you kind of get into your business, um, someone asked about continuing education. You had mentioned um, restorative wellness solutions. Like they wanted to know how you liked that and any other top like continuing education. Yeah. Um, yeah. CEU is really interesting in this space. And I think if you're passionate about it, it's something that doesn't really ever stop. And I think if people are in a field that's science-based, like you really should be keeping up with this stuff. So I love this question because there's too many people in the health and wellness field, whether that's medical doctors, functional doctors, nutritionists, like whatever that are just like, I learned this and I know this and I'm going to practice this way. Like, I think as soon as you start having a closed mind in this field is like the, the moment that you should not be in this field. Like you should always be open. The science is always changing. Um, it's just part of it. So I love this question about continuing education because I strongly believe that that should never stop. Um, so programs that I've gone through, you mentioned restorative wellness solutions. So I went through restorative wellness solutions after, oh, let's see. I finished NTP in 2016, went through restorative wellness solutions in 2019. So I worked with one-on-one -on -one clients for two years, just getting baseline, you know, experience and understanding and creating protocols and working with people before I was like, Hey, it'd be really nice to be able to run a GI map and a food sensitivity test and other labs to, to help people on a deeper level and understanding, you know, systemic imbalances. So restorative wellness solutions was amazing. I can't speak about them highly enough. Um, I also have gone through Emily Morrow's blood chem course. I would also highly suggest doing that. Restorative Wellness Solutions also offers a blood chem level that's really helpful. So, you know, within the same vein on those two. Um, and we can pull all of this into the show notes so that people can access this quick with links. But the other thing that I would suggest is Cellcore Biosciences has, you know, bi-yearly, two times a year, um, functional medicine conferences. And I have learned an insane amount from the doctors over at Cellcore Biosciences. I also would encourage people to get in contact with their supplement rep companies. Um, so like Cellcore Biosciences, like I have a close relationship with my rep here. We get coffee, we hang out. I ask questions about clients and supplements and protocols. 
Um, same with, uh, you know, our lab partners at Avexia and Vibrant, like Kelsey's even been in contact with those guys. So I think building close relationships with the companies that you're working with is huge. They usually are running, you know, webinars, symposiums, conferences. Um, and if you're in contact with them, they should be inviting you to those things. So I've gotten a lot of extra education from those resources as well. Um, yeah, and I think if you want to like take things up to another notch, like if people are interested in like naturopathic doctorate school, like that's an option too. Like just because you have your NTP and you're stacking certifications doesn't mean that you can't go back and, you know, layer something else in there that's like a license or, you know, something to that effect. I also feel like something important when you're in the nutrition space, holding a lot of certifications is to go through NANP. So the National Association of Nutritional Professionals, it's a board certification. So it does kind of have like, it holds you to a higher standard. That's something that I'm actually gearing up for getting, um, you know, the, the board certified nutrition, um, you know, certification, which I think is huge. So yeah, I mean, there's just endless amounts of things, but that's the route that I've taken um, yeah. And then, I mean, what, what else do we do? Practice better, practice better runs different webinars that we'll be a part of full script runs webinars that we've been a part of as well. So I think just like, yeah, you know, arms wide open, just, just pull in the community and just like really soak yourself up, sponge it up. Learn it all. Learn all the Jumping over to now, like the business side of business <laughs> what client program do you use um is this like in regards to practice better is that the question uh, they said that they're training with NutriQ, but would love to know other options yeah so NutriQ is great um we use that for our initial intakes with new clients on discovery calls and stuff now at this point you're transitioning over to that but yeah, Practice Better has been the absolute best client software program that I've used. Um, we kind of have this running joke <laughs> in our team that like anytime we're trying to integrate something new or do something new, we're like, oh God, man, it'd be so nice if Practice Better did that. And then literally like on our team calls. <laughs> Two minutes later, it's like, oh, they did. They already thought of that. They know everything. Great. Yeah. So from a practitioner standpoint on the back end, practice better is like the shit. It is the absolute best. I literally would not suggest any other platform. I've run the gamut. I've done mind body, mind body online. I've used like my own scheduling and Calendly mixed with Google drive folders, mixed with NutriQ, mixed with whatever. And I feel like practice better streamlines things like better than I've seen anything else function. It's affordable. It's really user-friendly for clients. Like, yeah, I mean, Kelsey, I don't know if you have any input because you do a lot of work on practice better too, but like, I think it's the shit. Like, I love it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. And I mean, just like you said, I feel like they wow us every time. Like we come up with an issue and then like, just uh, looking around for two seconds, we're like, oh, here, here's the solution. Mm -hmm. that, that was simple. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, and then kind of combining a few questions here, but, you know, people ask how you have streamlined your process, uh, streamlined your process, and then like, and what tools do you like to use for the business? Um, they included client portal, dispensary, et cetera. Boom. Big ass question. Okay. So practice better for sure. 
practice better integrates with stripe and square so my business bank account links to stripe which links to practice better so we have streamlined payments through that system invoicing everything through practice better again practice better is bomb um, we have all of our intake forms and everything set up through Practice Better that we've built on our own. They have templates or you can upload your own. So we have just built out our own templates for the most part. And I've kind of pulled disclaimers and templates from NTP program, restorative wellness solutions, having conversations with my lawyer, making sure that we have everything squared away legally. So yeah, and then what other things do we use? We use Calendly for scheduling for podcast interviews, which has been really helpful. And that integrates with my Google Calendar. The other thing with Practice Better that's amazing is it does integrate third-party integration with your own calendar on Google, if you'd like to use that. So that's like a lifesaver. So anything that gets automatically updated on Google integrates with Practice Better and vice versa. Um, we use Zoom. There's like an internal video uh, recording system, not recording system, but like a platform where you can do video calls that's on practice better, that's already integrated, but I actually like Zoom better and you can third party integrate your Zoom account with practice better. So that's really helpful. Um, I build out all of my protocols, nutrition, supplement, lifestyle recommendations on practice better as well. And we use full script for our dispensary and that again, third party integration with practice better, which is amazing. So you can literally go into practice better and in your supplement suggestions, connect things to full script. And once you link that to full script and you send protocols to clients through practice better, they'll get a little link that's like, order your supplements now, you click on this little shopping cart and it takes clients to their specific recommendations and they can order directly from Fullscript. And I like Fullscript a lot because it has brands that I use most like Apex Energetics, Biotics, Nordic Naturals, like an unbelievable amount of supplements. Like I've never had an issue where I'm like, darn it, they don't have that. And the only thing that they don't have is Cellcore Biosciences. And that might just because of, you know, Cellcore itself, like just not linking up with dispensaries at this point. But um, yeah, I just use my practitioner code through Cellcore for people to get those supplements. And it's very streamlined and straightforward. Um, what else do we use for client stuff? Literally like 90% of what we do is through Practice Better or in integrated third party through Practice Better. So I feel like that's kind of the bulk of everything. Um, Teachable is where I've done all of my online courses and programs and group programs. It's like seamless and super easy to use. I don't have any complaints. I've looked at things like Kajabi. We might transition over in the future, depending upon, you know, what we decide as a team. Um, and then, yeah, what were some of the other questions? I feel like that was like three questions in one and I feel like I only answered one. Well, it was all kind of like streamlining the process um, and just the different tools, business tools. I mean, and we also generally use like Slack and yeah, Airtable for organization. Um, yeah. Dude, you have saved our lives. I'll just like throw this out there. Like, until Kelsey, like until I actually built out my team, um, everything was an absolute freaking shit show on the back end. Like I literally look at what we're doing now and I'm like, how the fuck did I ever do all this one by myself? Like we have three people doing it and we're all pretty freaking busy. So I don't know how the hell I didn't like 
self implode trying to do this shit by myself for the last four years up until this year. And then also Airtable is amazing. I think that, you know, practice better is awesome, but they don't really have a CRM feature, like a client retention management feature. So we've built out our own on Airtable, um, which I think has been massively helpful because as soon as you start rolling in a bunch of different clients, you want to make sure that you can keep track of like, when they got their protocol, when's the last time you chatted with them, when their next consult is, have they paid their invoices, you know, like tracking all of those things in a chronological order in one place. I don't know if Practice Better has that feature, but um, we haven't found that yet. So we've built out our own CRM through Airtable, which has been massively helpful. And then, yeah, within our team, we use Slack to communicate um, largely. And then we have team meetings every Monday and Friday to start the week and end the week which I think is super helpful because Kelsey, you're remote. Um, so, I mean, this allows you to be 100% part of the business and the process week in and week out. And then Lexi and I work in person a lot together through the week. And then we also, you know, we'll Zoom. And I mean, we all work remotely for the most part, but yeah, I will say the other thing that has made this successful is five years of bullshit and figuring out a lot of what doesn't work before I actually figured out what does work. So growing pains are real. And if I hadn't gone through all of the shit of learning these things the hard way myself, and then being like, no, here's how it's going to work. Here's how we should do it. Like our team would not be up and running and functioning as well as it does. And I wouldn't have even known that I needed to hire out my weaknesses for someone else's strengths, like you, Kelsey, like all of Kelsey's strengths are like 1000% all of my weaknesses. And like, I'm so grateful to have someone like Kelsey on my team because there's no way that I'd be able to get all this shit done myself. I tried to do it for four years and burnt myself out all of the time. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think there's just like a lot of things that kind of play, that play into that. So yeah, I don't know if I answered all of those questions. I'm trying to think of other things that we that we streamline. Um, you know, protocols and things like that. You can create templates on Practice Better, which makes writing protocols a lot easier and more streamlined, which is nice. Um, you can create programs on Practice Better. You can create challenges. You can create free stuff, paid stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's maybe the bulk of those things. I don't know if I have any other thoughts on that topic, but yeah. A lot of it just comes down to a matter of like, it takes a lot of time at the beginning, just write down everything that you do and figure out your process. And it, you know, even when we started over the last, even the last couple months, we've had, we've changed our process a few times just because we realized, oh wait, we missed a step here. So we need to add that in. And you know, it's, you don't think about the little things like, do they pay here when they schedule? Do they pay? Do we schedule later when they're done? Do we, you know, uh, just so many little details that you have to just keep track of and make sure that you're writing those down. And then once you do that, then it becomes second nature because that's what you do every single time. And then you hopefully, ideally, you don't drop any balls and everything is good to go. Totally, totally. Yeah. And I think that's like a misconception of like, oh, it must just be so easy for us. Like fucking hell no. It was so like, I have failed time and time again. Again, going back to the like, you should absolutely treat a lot of these entrepreneurial business processes as an opportunity to learn. And then 
you know, create better systems around it. Like that's literally the only way that I have gotten to where I am. And I still feel like we have so far to go. Like the, gosh, like I still feel like I'm kind of at the beginning of this to some extent, like, especially like the projects we have that we're working on right now, like, fuck, like we have a lot of work to do to streamline these things in the way that we actually are envisioning right now. And one, we wouldn't have even had the vision if we didn't mess it up you know, four years of me dicking around by myself trying to get shit straight versus like us as a team being like, oh, wait, this doesn't make sense. We, should, we could do it better this way. We could do better this way. And then the clarity of the vision has come forward. And now it's probably going to take another couple, you know, six months to a year before like everything's built out in the way where I'm like, ah, yes, this feels great. So I think also just being patient, like the shit doesn't happen overnight you know, if you're building a business, you're in the long game and there's going to be times where you're like working your face off and you have nothing to show for it. Um, and that's, I will say the most challenging piece of entrepreneurship is like, you know, the, the chaotic nature of seasons where you're working your face off and then feeling like you're doing nothing. It's not like your normal nine to five where it's like this consistent effort every day and then you can wipe your hands of it and go to bed easy at night it's one of those things at least in my experience where it's like I'm gonna work my face off for like three months at a time and then shit's gonna level out and get a little easier and I can breathe for a second and then it's crazy again and then we're building something and then it chills and then you know I schedule in and reschedule clients because I'm burnt out and I'm like hey we need the weekend off everyone's taking the weekend off like I don't know so there's there's a lot of moving pieces to this stuff and it's not, you know, I think the way that entrepreneurship these days is, is posted about online is like, create your online course and sell six figures and never work again. Like, no, you're going to kind of work all the time and that shit doesn't happen overnight. Like you only see the things that are posted that are like, I healed my gut in 30 days, like boom, or like I built my business in 30 days. Was that like, no, you didn't. That was like one person out of like, 200 who probably was already set up really well and they just like you know striked while the iron was hot and like that's the example that they're using to market their shit so I think that perspective is everything and if you're getting into the entrepreneurial space at any capacity like buckle up and be patient because not everything happens fast <laughs> and it's a process So now that we've um, gone over all of these wonderful technolo technology tools, yes, we had someone ask, how do I launch my NTP business with zero tech skills? Like I can barely do Instagram. Perfect. Again, this kind of goes back to like, what do you want? Like, does this person like not want Instagram? Do you not want to have a social media platform because like you're busy and you have kids and you have a life and you don't want to be online? great like I think that having a business offline is like so underrated right now I mean we're trying to find ways to like be offline more because social media is fucking exhausting I love it and it has been the platform that has led to so many amazing things but it's tiring like it's it's constant like they're like I'm answering DMs at 9 p.m. at night laying in my bed next to my husband when I should be freaking hanging out and like not working because that's that's work. That's considered work for me. So I think not wanting to be on social media, not wanting to use technology a shit ton is totally fine. I will say bare minimum, you at least need to have a page where people can find you. 
you need to have a website. So hire that shit out or build like the bare bones basic stuff just so people have a place to go. You got to funnel people somewhere. Um, and again, this kind of goes back to like networking. Like if you want to work in person, like reach out to a functional medicine doctor and be like, Hey, I'm a nutritionist. I'm interested in working with you. Like, can I come shadow you for a day? I'd be happy to like give you free services to kind of show you what my services look like. See if you'd be interested, reach out to chiropractors, acupuncturists, like get into your community, get connected. There's so many different ways to get started. Um, the other reality is like, you don't suck at technology. You just don't want to learn it. It's not hard to learn it. And I'm just going to challenge people with that shit. So, and if you, if you don't want to take the time to learn it, you're going to have to hire someone to do it. And if you don't have the money to hire someone to do it, you're going to have to be resourceful and like at least, again, build out the bare bones minimum of at least a website and at least have an Instagram page. It doesn't need to blow up and have like 100,000 followers. But the purpose that I view social media, websites, all of this technological based marketing is it's a place for people to date you. It's a place for people to date your business, date your company, understand who you are, what your personality is, what you stand for, how you work, why you do it, how you do it before they commit to you. Because the reality is we're not in the white pages decade anymore where you can just like, you know, get the referral from Bob the neighbor because he went to a great mechanic down the street and that's just who everyone goes to. Or you open up your white pages and you're like, boom, mechanic, I need this guy. And it looks like he's down the street, he's close, I'll call up this dude. Like we're not having these like simple conversations. Like we have information overload. You know, as a business owner, you're competing with shit tons of other people in the field and you need a space where people can understand who you are before they work with you. That's what social media has done. That's what technology has done. That's what websites have done. So if you don't show up on any of those places, you better be a fucking rock star in your physical community where you're getting in-person referrals all the time. Otherwise, if you're like kind of a nobody, no one really knows you, you're just starting this business, you're just building things out, like you at least need something for people to find you and understand who you are because people are not going to just like, you know, reach out cold in these, in these days. And to that end, a really great resource that Gary Vaynerchuk has created is called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And it's all about, you know, like give, 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 and then ask when it comes to the technological age and social media and websites where like, you need to give people a lot of things before you ask them anything. You need to give free, helpful information. You need to give them info on who you are. You need to get them comfortable before you're like, hey, be my client. I've got great services. You can't do that in marketing anymore. It doesn't work that way where you are just like, I'm great and I know it and I can help you and here's my number so call me like that worked in the 80s and the 90s and it has just changed so much so like yes I understand there's a lot of people that are like don't want technology can't do it again just to recap like figure it out figure out the basics and just do it I know it sucks I know it's not fun it's not ideal for some people and it's hard to understand and learn Again, get resourceful, ask for help. Maybe your daughter can help you set it up. Maybe your neighbor can help you. Maybe your sister or your friend can help you set up your Instagram and at least you have something there or hire that shit out. You know, there's so many different ways to go about this. Um, but yeah, that was a massive rant on marketing in the modern age. But anyway, hopefully that was helpful to some people. <laughs>
For sure, very applicable. And on to everyone's favorite topic, pricing. Pricing. So we had many people that were just basically asking, how do you determine pricing? Um, what are your tips on structuring your offerings when you start out? Like whether that's building packages, one-on-one -on -one versus group, um, coaching, um, and how to make sure that you're giving people the best options to give them what they need. Give the people what they want. Um, yeah, shit. This is something that has changed a lot for us. Kelsey's got a nice little smile really? now yeah. because we're literally revamping our payments with clients right now. Payment structure is shifting. Um, one note that I would have when you're first starting out, don't put your prices on your website. This is kind of controversial, but this is just my opinion. And this is how I got started because when you're first getting started, your prices are likely going to change a lot. So if you're that person, that's like 250 a month to work with me. And then you change it to 500 and then Susie's like, what the hell you gave Jackie 250 and I have to pay 500. Your website just said this and blah. Like you just don't want to have those conversations while you're trying to figure things out for yourself. So I would say just to avoid some headaches, just don't even put your pricing on your websites. Um, I would, you know, I usually talk about pricing during our discovery calls. I like my goal when I first was starting out was like, just get people on the phone, um, convert them on a phone call, ask them about their story, ask them about their health journey, share how we can help them and then talk about pricing and what it looks like to work together. Um, you know, if people just see a number, straight outright, they're less likely to just jump on it unless they've been educated and understand the value that you have to offer. So that's just my two cents on like when you're getting started, like just be mindful of like where your pricing is and how often you may or may not be changing that as you figure things out. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything like that's better or the best, again, it comes back to like the way that you want to set things up with your business. So for a long time, I did just monthly payments, one off, like, you know, it's going to cost X amount of money per month to work with me. I'll see you two times a month and you pay monthly. And if you feel great after one month, which side note, like shit takes three to six to 12 months. So sometimes people do a month and I'm like, okay, you're gonna, you know, maybe not feel great and we should probably keep working together longer. But when I first got started, yeah, I did monthly one-offs, consultations. Um, I never really did packages at the beginning because one, I felt like there were so many people who were just getting started that were trying to sell packages, like three-month packages, six-month packages that had a really hard time doing that because the confidence level wasn't there. Um, so they're like, I don't know, not to get all woo, but like energy is a real thing. And if you're coming to a discovery call consultation with a lack of confidence and you're trying to pitch a three month, you know, two, three, four thousand dollar program and you don't have the track record and you're trying to talk someone into this shit, people are going to feel that it's going to be a hard time selling those things. So I, what I did when I first started setting my pricing was I did what I felt confident and comfortable with. And what that ended up being for me was $250 a month for, you know, that included two consultations for, you know, an hour long consultation at the beginning for the first consult, two weeks later, a 30 minute follow-up consultation that also included creating a protocol, supplement suggestions, lifestyle suggestions, which 
you know, thinking about that now, I'm like, fuck, that's so cheap. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, Ooh, like there's so many hours that go into that shit now. So like, we obviously charge more now. Um, and the demand's higher. And, you know, I think pricing is something that is a sliding scale over time. Like as you get better, you get more confident, you have a proven track record, you can figure things out, you can bump that up. But my biggest overarching umbrella statement would just be like, keep it simple, charge what you feel comfortable and confident with and what you feel like you're worth. And if that's a little bit lower than other people, that's fine. Like it depends on how you feel about it. It doesn't matter what other NTPs are charging or what other people in the field are charging. Um, the other thing that I would know that I did when I was first starting was I just kind of compared, gosh, how did I figure this out? I took time to write down like how much money did I want to make per hour? And I felt confident, I think with like 75 or 80 an hour. And then I was like, okay, so it takes me, you know, I'm going to be spending an hour and a half with that client another 30 minute follow-up. So there's two hours right there. And then I'm probably going to spend like an hour or two on creating the protocol. Cause that's how long it took me when I first got started. Cause there was so many things to take into consideration and then supplements and then emails and this and that. And so I was like, okay, $75 an hour for, you know, X amount of hours equals this much per month. And that's what I ended up charging. Um, I also looked at that phone number and looked up websites, not Instagram, but websites of other nutritionists and people that were of equal experience and of equal services and time spent with clients and looked at their pricing. And most of them had it online because that's what people who are new to this do is they put everything out online. Um, so I was looking at that and compared it and was like, okay, this is still within ballpark range. and I feel good about it. That's how I kind of like created pricing and everything to begin with. I will say as you move on, you become more successful, the demand is higher, you have more certifications, you have more offerings, you have more of a proven track record, you know that you can get people through the things that they're dealing with, pricing can go up. Um, and maybe packages are, you know, in the future and your structure looks different. So I don't want to act like, you know, packages are the holy grail or one-on-one, -on one-off consultations as you go are the holy grail. But I think it's smart to kind of look at like, what do you want? What do you feel confident and comfortable with? And what type of model works best for you? So for a long time, again, for me, it was the one-offs. It was the one month, you know, quote unquote package at a time. And then at the end of a month, it was like, hey, client, you know, we've wrapped up this month, you know, next month. I'd love to continue working with you. And I think you, you know, I think we need to, it's another 250. Do you feel good? Do you want to commit to that? And yeah, okay, cool. You know, schedule them for another month. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's no right or wrong way. Again, entrepreneurship, nutrition space, all this stuff. It just really comes down to like, what do you want? What works for you? What do you feel confident and comfortable with? And just start somewhere and know that it's probably going to change a lot. Like I've been doing this for five years and we're changing our pricing structure again. We're literally in the middle of doing that with all of our clients. So, um, and don't be afraid to change things. That's the other thing is we've got like, what, 26, 30 active clients right now, somewhere around there and like a bunch more in the pipeline. And like our current 30 are gonna have pricing structure changes while we enroll all of the new clients into the new structure. So it's like, you, you do what you gotta do to make things work in the way that it's gonna work best and be most streamlined and that changes over time. You gotta build the plane while you fly it. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> That's like what I tell 
That's what I tell Kelsey and Lexi all the time. I'm like, guys, we're building the plane while we're flying it. Like sometimes, sometimes that's just how it is. And sometimes you're flying and the plane is built and everything's perfect. And then shit breaks and you've got to build it while you're flying it again. <laughs> so gearing towards wrapping up a little bit, what would you say has been the most difficult part of running a nutrition business for you? Ooh, um, this is going to be cliche, but just caring too much. Um, ooh, did you hear that little whistle? I don't even know if I can do that again. <laughs> um, yeah, caring too much, caring too much about what other people think, caring too much about what it looks like, caring too much about comparing myself to other people, caring too much about, oh my God, my clients, like their body's not healing fast enough. It's my fault. Like, caring too much about what my family thinks about what I do because it's super unorthodox and weird. And I still don't think that my family fully understands what I do and being concerned about like how much I'm working. And like, there's, there's all of these things that are really challenging. Um, I think the hardest part has been, you know, it's been, it's been different things in different phases. Like I think at the beginning, the hardest part was getting over imposter syndrome and also dealing with like, just, just doing it, like, just do it, like, just do something, just move, just take action, just execute something. That was really hard at the beginning. Um, and then the next hardest part was like writing protocols, like, fuck, like when you're not used to writing protocols and you've like learned all this stuff from school and you've got this client and you're like, okay, this, which means that, which means put this together, which means maybe the supplement would be the most helpful. Like, so, like protocols were so challenging for a period of time. And it's not that I didn't have all of the information and the knowledge to do it, but it was just like the time that it took. It was like, fuck, like I just hated writing protocols. That was really hard for a period of time. Um, and then like the fear of getting new clients was really challenging. And how do I do that? And how do I build that out? And how do I market myself? And, you know, I mean, there's, there's been all these phases of things that have been really challenging. The one thing that I think I should also point out too, is that it's, like the thing that I struggled with most last year and why I took a huge break was that I was going through serious ways of burnout of like taking on a ton of clients, not having help, not hiring out, not really knowing, like, I don't know. I mean, there's a book called the E-Myth Revisited and it's all about the entrepreneurial seizure where like you think as an entrepreneur, you should like be able to do everything and do it well and do it all the time. And the reality is like, we as humans all have strengths and weaknesses that are unique to us. And it's really beneficial and smart to understand what those strengths are and leverage them and hire out the weaknesses as soon as you can. So last year I took like eight to 10 months off, no influence marketing, no business, no clients, no nothing, no social media. And I really went through a challenging time of trying to figure out like, how do I make my business work? Like, I can't keep doing this. It's not sustainable. So that was a really, really hard thing for me to like navigate and overcome and figure out what I wanted because I'd never asked myself that before. Um, and I think the most challenging thing now that I'm dealing with is like, you know, I'm looking forward towards uh, like Stu and I starting a family and being a mother and having a business and being a mother. And my, you know, the thing that's that I'm like afraid of and that I spend a lot of my time focused on with our team right now. And this is no surprise to Kelsey because we talk about this a lot, but getting things set up in a way that's streamlined so that when I do have kids, I can work as much as I want and I can work as little as I want. 
And I'm the type of person, you know, that like, again, this, this just goes back to like knowing yourself really well and knowing what you want out of your business. Um, I'm the type of person that I'm just like, so obscenely driven and passionate that like, I know that when I am a mom, I'm going to want something that is just mine, that is separate from my title as mom and wife. That's just like my thing that I give to the world that gives me energy and makes me feel fulfilled and excited about my days outside of family. Um, that, that I feel like I'm contributing to the world. I feel a huge sense of purpose in my life to be doing this work. Um, from the challenges that I've went through to, you know, navigating them, figuring them out, offering that to other people. Like I feel massive purpose in doing that. So not to say that every person who is a mother should have some side hustle. Like, I don't think that that is truth for everyone, but for me personally, staring down motherhood in the next year or two, I know that that's something that's really important to me is that I, that I don't like let my business die when I become a mother because I want to keep doing this work, but it needs to be sustainable. It needs to be something that I can fully hand off to someone else at times. And um, yeah, that's my fear now is like, I mean, not really a fear, but it's just transformed into something that I know I need to create. And so the most challenging thing in this chapter is like, I have been working nonstop day in and day out to create the systems and the team and the business that I want, that I know is going to work best for me when I am a mother. So I'm kind of like, you know, bailing hay while the sun shines so that when I am a mom, I can like sit back and enjoy the fruits of my labor of building this team and building my business in a way that will, you know, fuel me in the future. So that's, that's like the, the challenge that I'm working through now. Um, it's enjoyable. It's not just like fear and terrible, but yeah, these things shift and change over time, but yeah. So parting words, words of words, of wisdom, advice, anything for anyone starting or, or in the midst, the thick of their business, what would you tell them? Oh my God. I don't know. I feel like we said a lot in this podcast. I don't know yeah. if there's anything else that I have to add. I I think there's nuggets of wisdom along the way, but um, parting words would be find some solitude while you figure out what you want. There's a lot of noise in the world. There's a lot of noise on social media. There's a lot of noise in the nutrition, health, and wellness space. And for me, what helped the most last year was literally getting away from all of it and listening to myself and listening to that little voice and getting in tune with myself again of what was important to me, what I feel like I was called to, what I find purpose in, what I find positive, like inspiring energy in. And if you're consuming too much info and on social media all the time and comparing yourself, you're never going to hear those things that are unique to you. And that unique piece of what makes up your story is what makes you stand out and what makes you special. So I think we all need to remind ourselves in this like repetitive social media era where we literally like with TikTok, like literally copying people is what's fucking popular right now, which I think is the most asinine dumb shit I've ever seen in my life. And there's no room for originality except for coming from like the five top people on TikTok and social media, like fuck that. Like I'm just, I so hate that. So like, yes, you can stand out by following the crowd, but you can also stand out by sharing your story, being an individual, having an opinion, standing up for what you believe in. So find your own way in this work. Um, that's what has been 
genuinely authentic to me. I think it's why people are attracted to our brand and attracted to working with us. We do things a little different and I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the things that we've created. Um, so don't be afraid to go against the grain a little bit and just be patient. Like patience is learned. It's not like taught. Um, and I was very impatient for four years. This is the first year where I'm like, okay, like the vision is clear. I can breathe. I've got a team. Some of these things are in place. So I don't want to be like, just be patient. Cause I was not, but that is absolutely a word that I would like to share with people is like, this is not, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, and yeah, those would probably be the biggest parting words that I have, but yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for being the interviewer on this podcast episode. We'll have to do this more often. We'll have to see what people think. Have any parting words for everyone? Oh gosh. No, I mean, <laughs> I, no, I mean, and I would say, uh, no, no. Yeah. We're good. No, nothing. Come on. I feel like you're, you're full of wisdom. Well, I feel like I was just going to jump back into like, you know, on the, on the business side, the processes, I think, like you said, either hire someone that does it or just don't be afraid to figure it out. Like even myself, like that's what I've been doing for the last however many years is like helping people with their processes and their business. And like a lot of the stuff I just figured out and I learned like, you know, you got to search it out and everything is figure outable. So that's right. That's right. Well, on that note, we'll catch you guys next time. And thanks for listening in. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something encouraging, supportive, educational, or inspirational from tuning in today. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast or left us a review, I would love to hear from you. You can keep in touch with me over on Instagram at whatkate8 or connect with me through my website at katecroll.com. Looking forward to our next episode and I hope you have a wonderful day.